20. That's one. And Abraham journeyed from there to the south and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and stayed in Gira. Now, Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she's my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gira, sent and took her and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her. And he said, Lord, will you slay a righteous nation also? Did he not say to me, she's my sister? And she, even she herself said, he's my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands, I have done this. And God said to him in a dream, yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart, for I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you and you shall live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. So Abimelech, rose early in the morning, called all his servants, and told all these things in their hearing. The men were very much afraid. And Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, what have you done to us? How have I offended you that you have brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? You have done deeds to me that ought not to be done. Then Abimelech said to Abraham, what did you have in view that you have done this thing? And Abraham said, because I thought, surely the fear of God is not in this place. They will kill me on account of my wife. But indeed, she is truly my sister. She's the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. And it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house, but I said to her, this is your kindness that you should do for me in every place, wherever we go. Say of me, he is my brother. Then Abimelech took sheep, oxen, and male and female servants and gave them to Abraham. And he restored Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, see, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. Then to Sarah he said, behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. Indeed, this vindicates you before all who are with you, before everybody. Thus, she was rebuked. So Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his female servants. Then they bore children, for the Lord had closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Now we come to this concept of sinning in integrity. What exactly does that mean? The man said, I did this wrong in integrity. 
It is important that um, we understand this because that's a point that is, is very um, recurring in the life of a Christian, you know, in the integrity of my heart. Yes, I may have bought into it, but I didn't realize what it was when I did. It was an ignorance. So, however, you and I have one advantage over Abimelech, okay? And the advantage we have over Abimelech is that we have the communion of the Holy Spirit. So, it's not always that um, you receive information on this level, in other words, from human beings about the real content and the real motive in what they have proposed. But because we serve a God who sees and knows all things, we can receive information and we we, um, we, we become one step ahead of whatever wrong or danger is on offer. I um, have told you this story before about um, when I was president of Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship. And our chapter was really growing remarkably. And the chapter in Cana extended an invitation to me to come and preach in their chapter. And it was a lady that used to come. She, she says she trades between um, uh, Cana and Lagos. So she used to come to my office to tell me, you know, I'm not sure the president didn't call me, but he may have in those days. But anyway, I accepted to go and preach in Kano because I've gone, done that in many places. I went to my hair, I went to University of Nigeria, so I went on do. I used to go to many places for full gospel to preach. So it wasn't unusual. However, somebody called me from California that uh, he saw danger. I didn't see the danger. So he told me he saw danger. Was I traveling? I said, not international, but local. I'm going to Canada. He said, yes, that local. Let us pray. That's danger. Anyway, after we prayed in my office, I then went home to pray. That was when the spirit showed me that that's truly, that's danger in that Canada. Now, cut a long story short. Okay, I accepted to go, but I didn't know that there was danger. Maybe the people also didn't know there was danger as well, because I presume they didn't know, even though they acted a bit strangely. Because it was when, it's in the same period that um, Ranhard Bonke was planning a citywide crusade in Kano. And he had actually arrived in Kano. And I later heard that, um, they smuggled him 
in a carton at the back of a trailer out of uh, Cannes. That's how he escaped. Because the riot was going to be really ferocious. So anyway, but you can get involved in something. You know, you didn't sense any danger. Everything looked okay, you know. But because we have the spirit of God, it will get us to realize that even though everything is looking okay, it is still not okay. And that's why we pray. So you don't assume that everything is okay. No, even though that um, 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 it looks okay, but you still pray. I told you about the 419 people that came to me and offered to sell me a dialysis machine. I didn't know them from Adam. And then I knelt down and prayed, and then I had this revelation, you know, and the Holy Spirit told me that those people are 419 people. And that's how I chased them away. So, so we have the advantage. You see, Abimelech said, this wrong was committed in the integrity of my heart, but we don't have to go that far, you know, but because of the spirit of God that we have, you see, this is the power of the residency of the spirit in the heart of the believer. Jesus, our Lord, said to the disciples, he is with you, but after I am resurrected from the dead, he will be in you so that you can get your own guidance, your own communion, your own instruction by yourself. So Abimelech, um, um, the story of Abimelech here also reveals something very um, important for us as believers, and which is that matters can be so easily resolved from the spiritual. You know, God himself knows what to do, how to intervene. Now, if a man had gone to persuade Abimelech not to touch uh, uh, Sarah, he may not have listened. You know, he may not have listened. But the way God did it, he was terrified to his bones. He was terrified to his bones. And he woke up in the morning and was like, please, you know, come and be going to your husband. You know. So, so a lot of people, they don't understand the power of prayer. When we pray, it's not only that, you know, you and I might be able to do something here and there, but God, he has the prerogative. He knows exactly what to do. And that's why when they wake you up in the night, you know, and say, pray about this, you better pray, you better pray. And then particularly in such prayers, you better ask, how would you want me to pray? Why is that question important? Because he's the one going to answer the prayer. You know, remember um, Romans 8, 26, for, for the Holy Spirit, he helps our infirmities. Why? Because we do not know what we should pray for. And even when we know what we should pray for, we do not know how to pray for it. Okay? So the Spirit helps our infirmities. 26, 27. 
26, not 30. So the Holy Spirit, you know, he helps. He makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be altered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. That's also another added asset that when I do not know what to pray, when I do not know how to pray, I can pray in tongues and keep praying in tongues until I receive what I should pray with my understanding. Because the Apostle Paul said in First uh, Corinthians 14, 15, what is it then? I will pray in tongues and I will also pray with my uh, understanding. understanding. Say, so I'll pray with the two. You know, so, so Abimelech, Abimelech was terrified into obedience by God. And it was God who told Abimelech that this Abraham you are seeing is a prophet. It's a prophet. Don't joke with him. You may have him. You may have him. Uh, uh, may look like a herdsman, ordinary herdsman, but he's a prophet. And that's important for you and I, because people may not know what office you carry before God. <laughs> but where it is necessary for them to know, the Lord will tell them, you know, that this man, don't joke, don't joke with him, he's a prophet. Okay? And um, he has to pray for you, for the curse that I've already placed on you and your family to be lifted. He has to pray for you. Okay. So, so now, on this matter of Abraham and Sarah being sisters, this is what we call um, um, half-truths. Half-truths. Okay. The, the truth is that um, indeed they're half-sisters. They're half they have a half relation, you know. Sarah is Abraham's half sister. Abraham is Sarah's half brother, biologically. But that has been superseded by the fact that, that they have become husband and wife. And this telling of lies to shield himself from the danger of uh, 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 what, what do you call them? People who are always grabbing other people's wives, you know? This using lies to shield himself was what we call the wisdom of man. So, but today you and I don't need to do things like that, okay? But we can always go to God to say, to avoid, you see, that's why the Bible says, there is therefore now, Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, but they must walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And what that means is that in a situation like this, you know, the Christian must say to, to God, how? Should I do? Because there is perceived or 
imagined danger, okay, in this, my wife, you know, going with me in this type of place, because Abraham gave the reason, there is no fear of God in this place, okay, there is no fear of God in this place. And then the Holy Spirit can give us the assurance and reassurance we need to follow his path, you know, and then, and then uh, give us the, give us the wisdom to do us what he says. And then we'll find that when we follow his own plan, the danger is averted. But there are also other things in this story. I don't know how um, Isaac got to hear this story. But if you go to Genesis 26, go to Genesis 26, and you find that Isaac is telling the same lies as his father. Okay. Then Abimelech called Isaac and said, quite obviously, no. So Isaac dwelt in Gerar, and the men of the place asked about his wife. And he said, she is my sister. For he was afraid to say, she is my wife. Because he thought, lest the men of the place kill me for Rebekah. Because she is beautiful to behold. Again, Isaac and Rebekah are first cousins, okay? Technically, they're first cousins. So Isaac may have heard that that's how his father uh, shielded himself, you know? And that's why um, the, the, you, you say to parents, uh, be careful now what you do, because your children, they are more likely to do what you are doing than what you are saying. Okay, so nobody um, knows what instructions Abraham was giving to Isaac as he was growing up, but he must have been quite serious because Isaac is one of the most, most spiritually matured young men, not just in his time ever, you know. And then he committed the same thing that his father did. It's not that it's in his gene. I'm sure he must have had the story you know, which is uh, not an unusual thing in a family circle to, to um, talk about such things from the past, you know, now after they've gone. So anyway, um, these are the lessons that we learn. So if you keep doing something wrong and you keep, um, and your children keep watching it, no matter what you are telling them, or hmm, is that what you are doing? That's why we must be careful in raising children, to give, always give them the right example. If you and your, 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 your wife, a man and his wife, always quarreling before the children, always shouting at each other, you know, wait a few years now, go to their home, you'll see what they'll be doing. They too will be doing the same thing, you know? So, so we need to be very careful, you know, to, to, to show the right example so that the children will be inspired.
to godly living. So nobody should justify Abraham's lies. Okay? Nobody. It's not right. The fact that God rescued him notwithstanding. So it's like somebody said that uh, um, God blessed uh, uh, what are their names now? Pua. What are the names of those Hebrew midwives? Shipra and Pua. Yes, that God bless them for telling lies. I say, no, God cannot bless them for telling lies. You know, God cannot bless them for telling lies. God bless them because they feared God more than they feared Pharaoh. Okay, so, so it is important that we get our theology straight to don't attribute, uh, um, don't say at any point, no matter what the context is, that God is endorsing what is wrong. No. He's, he might, in this case, he's helping Abraham's weakness, Abraham's um, uh, uh, faith that was just growing, okay? He's uh, 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 forgiving him and, and giving him, showing him a lot of grace and mercy, you know? Because he's his friend, you know, and 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 because he's a carrier of a covenant that uh, will bless the entire world. So God has his reasons for coming to the rescue of Abraham, but nobody should say that God endorsed his lies. God doesn't endorse lies. Amen. Amen.